Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk Astros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can we find you at? They can find me at H-Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and Instagram and at Stros411 at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Stros. Alrighty, thank you for making the Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day. Whether it's on YouTube, keep on subscribing, keep on giving us a thumbs up, keep on liking us, and keep on listening to us on the way to work, on the way home from work, or at work. Wherever you listen to us, just listen on Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just keep on listening to Locked on Astros podcast. So uh, we want to go ahead and um, like the holiday season is about giving back and just uh, doing stuff for others. And uh, that's just something that Framer Valdez wanted to kind of do. And uh, this is somebody who's had his up and downs in his career. And we all know that Mike Trout said that he was he had one of some of the best stuff in baseball. Once he learns to harness it, he's going to be really good. But uh, when he was 14, he began attending a church in, um, and he said that uh, this in the Dominican Republic. And he said that, you know what, one day when I become a professional baseball player, I want to, I'm going to go ahead and build a church. So I believe this is, um, I don't know how many years later, but um, this, he actually fulfilled this, this, um, this off season. And this is something that's, I know is pretty good for, not just um, him, but for the Dominican Republic, this little community. And he said, I always ask God to continue helping me and, and blessing me. And in return, I want I would build a church in the Gully Canes for Pastor Antonio. And he, he said that for um, uh, MLBPA in a Spanish language interview. So what else you got? Well, so this is 14 years later because he's 28. So 14 years later, he's making good on a promise, um, um, a place, you know, a house of worship and a body of believers that basically apparently invested their life in and and that this this holds great, great value to Framber Valdez. It's it's always amazing to see these athletes, um, especially when they come from humble beginnings, Eric, to be willing to give back and to be willing to do so much for their community. Um, He is helping to lay the foundation um, for a 1500 square foot structure that will hold approximately 50 parishioners. So this is something that this church has not had. And like you said, he wanted to fulfill his promise. And in a quote, in in that interview, he said, I don't get emotional because a community praises me. I get emotional because it's me who is doing this. I'm getting to complete a dream very few people have the opportunity to do. He has put roughly $100,000 into this project, and he cares more about fulfilling his promise he made years ago than anything. This, this This is a guy, Eric, that has really become one of the up and coming faces of this franchise. His fire on the mound, Eric, his we remember the key moment with Carlos Correa in the playoffs in 2020 against the Rays when Carlos Correa got in his grill and said, don't let him don't let him throw you off your game. And he he bared down and he showed true grit and they ended up winning that game to 
a pitcher, like you said, that's had ups and downs, but he hasn't forgotten where he's come from. He's the type of player that is a Houston Astro. And if if I can attach this to it, with all the negativity that is thrown at this team and that you and I have talked about at nauseum for the last year and a half since since the whole scandal broke, you know, came out, this team continues to make waves off the field in positive ways. You know, we talked about Bregman, Lance McCullers, we know what he does, Jose Altuve. I mean, all these players, Correa, all these guys get involved in the community. And it's great to see the young players to go back home and to give to the families, to those that mean so much. And if you're a person of faith like he is, that is something that you can just really thank God for. Really, really cool story to hear. Yeah, for sure. And so it's good for him to do this. And it's always good for uh, people who have b- become successful to actually come back and uh, um, make a difference in their community. So I know a lot of people, I'm sure uh, Carlos Gray has gone back to do that. I'm sure uh, somebody like Jose Altuve has done it as well. So uh, we'll see what happens um, with this in the future. And he, he said he hopes that it gets done before the new year. So we'll see. Uh, what happens overall, but um, we, we hope that he becomes this ace that he showed at glimpses uh, at, at times because he, he showed that he has this potential. Then there's a, the, a lot of whispers. Well, once they started cracking down on the whole foreign substances, he kind of lost his control, his command. So maybe was he benefit benefiting from those, that command issue. So we'll have to yeah. see what happened there. Right. And, you know, and I think I think almost every pitcher was, Eric. I I think that was just a common thing. And I honestly believe that Major League Baseball had a major misstep in the way they handled it. I think they should have waited until the offseason. I think they should have said, okay, there are two or three substances you can use. Anything beyond that, if we determine it's illegal, you're you're done. You've you've got a suspension. But, I mean, we even saw a guy, not even to really get into it too deep, but we even saw, I forget which White Sox pitcher it was, had rosin on his arm, and he got tossed for that. And it was like, but you placed the rosin bag on the pitching mound. But to go back to Framber Valdez, I still think that he is one of our best, one of our brightest young pitchers that we have. I know I say young, and I know he's 28, but he's really just getting started on his career, Eric. And I think the sky's the limit for this kid. I think the his I think his ceiling is high. I mean, you, I mean, think about it. You got him. You got Luis Garcia. You got Jose Arquiti. These Latin ball players just bring so much personality and fire and character to this team. Yeah, for sure. And uh, this kind of reminds you of uh, like the staff we had in the past. And it kind of brings me back to a discussion we had yesterday with the Jose Lima, the Shane Reynolds and uh, the Randy Johnson. And it kind of goes back to a discussion we had in yesterday's podcast of Jeff Bagwell. And so we were intrigued about what players were actually on all-star teams over Jeff Bagwell because Jeff Bagwell only made the all-star team four times. So we actually looked it up and the 1995 all-star team who was at first base instead of Jeff Bagwell, it was uh, Mark Grace. He was the backup and Fred McGriff, old crime dog, as they called him, he was the starter. So I guess you can't um, get that wrong. I believe that at least Fred McGriff, I think he made the hall of fame. I, or maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't think Fred McGriff is is in there yet. Um, he is. He is one of those guys that is on the bubble, 
Um, and I don't, I don't even know if he is, um, but he was a yeah. good ball player. It doesn't matter if he was in a hall of fame or not, but he was always a good first baseman. Mark, Mark Grace was kind of that. I don't want to call him a US player, but he was one of those guys that always hit for a pretty good batting average and, uh, hit, uh, for like 20, maybe, uh, 25 home runs or something like that. But uh, he just was a good all round player. Now, you know, Fred McGriff is getting close. So he's, he's still eligible to get voted in. He just like his, his very first vote in 2010 was like 21.5%. That's way short of the 75% required. But at the time, and like you said, I mean, this guy's totals, Eric, uh, 2,490 hits, a, a career batting average of 284. 493 career home runs, seven shy of 500, you know, 1,550 runs batted in. So that is nothing to, to uh, you know, to bat your eyes at because he was definitely a very, very good player in his in his heyday. Yeah, and I know that. And it's like it, like we talked about yesterday, It's all, it was a popularity contest back then, and they yeah. also looked at who were the good teams in baseball. Maybe the Astros didn't have the uh, built lineup like <laughs> the Built Bar team does. So, so let's talk about Built Bar. So it's the New Year. So that means New Year's resolutions. And why make a New Year's resolution that you can't keep? Well, here's one you can keep. Get healthy. Get fit. Do it now. How do you do that? You do that with Built Bar. Built Bar is an amazing treat that tastes like a candy bar. It's wrapped in 100% chocolate. It's healthy for you. It's got 130 calories on average, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of, pro, um, of, of, of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. That's right. This is packed with a punch. It gives you energy. It gives you that fire. If you are someone that's grand opening an HEB on the 29th, like Alex is, grab a Built Bar because you'll need it. If you're like Eric and you're running around with your kids, you're doing all kinds of crazy things, and you're just you're just God knows where. Eric's this world traveler. He's grabbing Built Bars on the go. That's right. So Built Bar is the great thing to go into the new year with. Start your 2022 off correctly with healthy means. And he's got his Built Bar box right there on the screen. If you're watching, if you can't see it, you know that this is a decadent chocolate delight. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order. That's right, 15% off at built.com. Tell them HL Wheelhouse sent you. Or the Locked on Astros podcast. And speaking of the Locked on Astros podcast, continue to make us your first listen every day. Whether it's on YouTube, just wake up, roll over, and just kind of stretch and uh, open up YouTube and go ahead and watch us. Go and subscribe to us on YouTube and uh, go ahead and like us and go and listen to us, the audio version on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just listen to Locked on Astros podcast. Just make it happen, guys. So um, let's go ahead and look at the 2000, sorry, 1998 team. And so it was Mark McGuire. I believe that's a name you brought up yesterday. And Andres Galarraga. I guess we, yes. um, a lot of, of, of us kind of forget Andres Galarraga, how good this guy was as a yes. baseball player. No, yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, Eric, off the top of my head, whenever I read his name for the first time, excuse me, going back over this roster, I remembered very, very quickly this this guy, Eric, was a huge, huge hitter. Um, he had, I mean, from from 96, Eric, to 98, he hit 47, 41, and 44 home runs. He was he was hitting 
basically 100 RBIs or more for one, two, three, four, for five consecutive seasons. Um, you know, I, I believe that was kind they of did around it with the, the Rockies. He did it with the Rockies. You're right. But, and so when, so when he went to the Braves in 2000, he had hit 20, 28 home runs. And so that was kind of the big knock. Now, before that early in his career, he hit, he hit 20 well, plus well, home runs. Well, he did 98. He did with the, uh, he did hit 44 with the Braves. Okay. So okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I misread that year. Yes. He was with the Rockies in 97 and 98. And that's, uh, that's when he went this all-star game. Popularity contests, Andres Galarraga, Mark McGuire, those guys are going to, on the national stage, we know this, are going to win out. Craig Biggio was was in a sweet spot that year because he was, you know, he had made the move to second. He was the best second baseman. I mean, the backup second baseman was Fernando Vina, who I don't even remember that guy. So that tells you what kind of spot Craig Biggio was in, where Bagwell was at a packed position. You know, first base is always the power hitters, it seems like, and um, in their own right, they were good. Andres Colorado was actually a very good defensive first baseman. Um, but Bagwell, regardless of four, only four all-star games, he's still one of the best to ever don an Astros uniform. Yes. Uh, so, um, let's go ahead and, uh, I'm looking up the first baseman from this year and I'm curious to see how these numbers compare because these numbers are crazy what I'm reading about Andres Galarraga. But in 2000, Andres Galarraga, actually was a replacement for Mark McGuire, who was selected to be the starter. Uh, so he started the 2000 All-Star Game, and Todd Helton was a name I mentioned, or you mentioned, after right. Larry Walker y- yesterday. But... Yeah, exactly. I corrected the record, yeah. No, yeah, you know. actually corrected me. I said Larry Walker for whatever reason. I thought I was thinking first, not, not, not the outfield. Right. So, um, so that's, that's a pretty good, uh, Todd Helton was a good player. So I pulled up the stats from the, um, the first baseman and the major league baseball this year, the best first baseman in terms of RBIs this year was 117 RBIs for Jose Abreu. What happened? Uh, hmm. the, the most home runs from a, a hitter was, uh, Vlad Guerrero with 48, then Matt Olson with uh, 39. I guess the home runs are there, but what's going They're, on with the RBIs? What do you think? You think it was the steroids back then? Oh, yeah. Steroids, definitely. <laughs> yeah. The baseball was different. Yeah. Oh, man. Dude, you want to you oh, talk you, about you a You think whole it's bit also the issues. grip? The, um, yeah. The, well, the, the I mean, substances? I, guess the, I guess the grip would more, would more help the pitch. Yeah. No, but I mean, if they had more grip and they were getting more rip on the ball, um, you know, so grip it and rip it kind of thing. But basically, in those '90s, I mean, you look at Andres Galarraga's numbers. I mean, go back. Let's let's just pick Luis Luis um, Luis Gonzalez for the Astros. Remember, he had those years. He hit like 50 home runs one year. I mean, come on. We all know these guys were juicing. I mean, it, it, it was just the era that we were in. The pitchers were doing it. The hitters were doing it. Major League Baseball didn't really give a flying flip because they have, they almost lost the game because of the terrible lockout scab situation 94 95 was a real big stain on the on the game and you know you just look at those numbers they're 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 inflated for a reason eric and um you know the ball they they mess with the ball too much man i I just i don't know did 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 major league has major league baseball always owned the company that makes the baseballs or is that like a recent business transaction i don't know 
I'm not sure, but I'm I'm just amazed at Andres Galarraga's stats. And I'm looking at it again. He led in 1995, where he hit 31 home runs, 106 RBIs. He had the fewest strikeouts in baseball with 146. In 1996, he had 157. In 1997, he had 141. In 1998, he had 146. Oh, he, so he I know was he was crushing. But he was crushing the ball. Here's what I'll always say about the steroid era is you still had to be able to hit the right. ball. It they don't nobody concentrates on the guy that hit 208 and hit nine home runs that used steroids or injected HGH or went on a cycle because nobody cared about that guy. Okay. Nobody nobody talked about the pitcher that was that was like five and eleven with a four seventy-five ERA. And you know, I mean, because whether they use steroids or not. The bottom line is you still have to have this. The skill has to be there to build upon. You have to have a foundation to build a house. You can't just build a house on on just straw or or sand. You've you've got to have a solid foundation. And a lot of those athletes, a lot of them were aging. And again, I'll say it till the day I die. I don't have a problem with steroids in baseball. I don't, I don't have a problem at all with it. I just don't. It, right. it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. I mean, with the amount of games they play with 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 their aging bodies, especially now with all the weight training they do, you've got to be able to recover. And if you've done any kind of workout routine or gone through any kind of regimen or trained for anything, weight training or bodybuilding or anything, you know that your body needs help recovering. And I don't see why certain things aren't allowed, you know. Yeah, so going back to the All-Stars uh, that Bagwell was denied, yeah. we're not going to do all the seasons, but I just wanted to look at kind of his best seasons. In 2001, uh, Todd Helton, of course, uh, the Coors Field effect was the starter. Sean Casey and Ryan Klesko were elected the backups. And uh, you have to wonder if uh, that was the only time Ryan Klesko ever made the All-Star team. I looked up his stats, and that was by far his best season. He bat, batted 286 with 30 home runs, 113 RBIs. He only struck out 89 times that season. But if you go back to Bagwell's stats, uh, he had 39 home runs, 130 RBIs, uh, 288 batting average, and he stole 11 bases. And so you have to wonder if that had something to do with maybe they needed an elective a representative from the Padre team. Or something like that. So, or I, I don't know. Or, well, I mean, again, um, he, you know, I remember growing up and being a Bagwell fan and realizing that I don't know a whole lot of my friends that lived in other cities and other places that really talked a whole lot about Jeff Bagwell. Right. I think it was a national recognition thing. I mean, I mean, BGO was obviously the most popular out of all the killer bees whenever that era was was in play. Um, the Astros, you know, more hit the national stage when we when we would bring on guys like Randy Johnson. We had to bring on Carlos Beltran. Whenever we brought in big names like that, you know, when we had Nolan Ryan, when we lost Nolan Ryan, things like that. But that seemed to be the only real attention that Houston really was kind of – we were not really a major player in Major League Baseball outside of Houston. I mean – right. Um, I don't, I don't know that I'm remiss in saying that. I, I think that's a pretty accurate portrayal. And again, the popularity contest does reign supreme in the all-star voting, especially, I mean, back then, Eric, there was, there was no limits. There was no like, go to this website, 
you can sign up, you know, you can do 10 times a day, whatever, which I think is ridiculous. What the now. Royals did in what, what year was Yeah, that? when they tried to, yeah, when they tried to get all the Astros and all the, all the Royals on, I think it was the year after they won the World Series, which they didn't return to that success. Let's make that note. Um, the last player was Sean Casey, and he had he was only All Star three times, the mayor, and one of those times was in two thousand one. And he had a good batting average season, not his best batting average season, but he had thirteen home runs, eighty nine RBIs, batted three ten. Uh, so it's it was kind of weird to see him. He only struck out sixty three t- times that year, so his OPS plus was only one oh eight that year. So. It kind of opens your eyes when Jeff Bagwell's OPS plus was, where is it? Um, 140. So it just, it's whatever. Well, here's the thing. Let's look at this National League All-Star team. Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Vlad Guerrero, Hall of Fame. Um, Randy Johnson, Hall of Fame. Chipper Jones, Hall of Fame. Um, Mike Piazza, Hall of Fame. Um, Albert Pujols going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Kurt Schilling, uh, bubble guy, controversy. Sammy Sosa won't go to the Hall of Fame, probably should be. Larry Walker, Hall of Fame. Billy Wagner should be Hall of Fame. I mean, Jimmy Rawlings on the bubble. I mean, all these guys, Eric, Mike Hampton, not a Hall of Famer, but gosh, he was an amazing player. Right. Lance Berkman, bubble Hall of Famer, won't ever make it. Moise Alou, Bubble Hall of Famer won't ever make it, but but what a I mean even the my even the guys like Brian Giles I mean this, this this was a fun team this was a fun team to watch dude and I mean on the other side Edgar Martinez um, you didn't really have I mean you had you had a Rod you had Ivan Rodriguez Kyle Ripken Jr Hall of Famer Ichiro I mean just you know oh hey Mike Stanton our friend Mike Stanton was with the Yankees and he actually made he. He was on that all-star team. So, uh, you know what? We'll have to do that. We'll have to visit with him again and talk talk to him about his all-star game experiences and his postseason experiences, you know, share, share that perspective with us. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. It, wondering, like, if they if there's bad online back then, what are the odds of Jeff Backo making that all-star team? But I, I know it doesn't really matter. But back then, I guess Houston wasn't as big a market as it is now. But right. it, it just seems like it's a, uh, the Astros are more likely to make the all-star team now because there's <laughs> they're more out there. But then again, who knows? So let's talk about betting online now, A.G. So bet online as you cover the holiday season with props, odds, and lines more than ever before. Football continues to march through the college bowl season. If you watch the U of H Cougars take down their opponent today in the bowl game, that was a great game. They did a good job against Auburn. Bet online remains the number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use a promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so I want to go and continue this game that we did yesterday. I actually had some fun, and uh, you wanted to look at this list, and I said, no, I want this to be a blind reaction from you. Uh, so uh, let's go ahead and take a look at this now. So I want to say the uh, the team, and I want you to try to guess the highest salary, uh, the biggest contract this team has ever offered 
anybody. Okay, you ready? All right. So, um, some, so I'm not going to do any of the repeat teams. So let's go with the uh, Brewers. You ready? Highest paid salary for the Brewers? Yes. Ryan Braun. Uh, no, but you're oh, on the right oh, track. Oh, hold on. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Chris, Christian Yelich. Yes. Uh, seven okay. years, 188 million. Eight point, uh, sorry, 188.5 million. Okay. okay, the Braves. The Braves, biggest contract. Um, would it be Ronald Acuna Jr.? Uh, no. He's currently a free agent right now looking for a team. Oh, Freddie Freeman. Yes. Oh, uh, he signed okay. a eight years, $135 million contract. So okay. imagine the long history of the Braves organization. Freddie Freeman is the biggest deal that they've offered, and they're not willing to offer him another deal. Uh, what about the Angels? Der. And uh, Albert Pujols. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, Mike no. Trout. Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Yeah, 10 years. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm like showing my age with the Albert Pujols contract. Okay. Th- you're not going to get this one. You ready? Right. The A's. The Oakland A's. He the, played third base. Oh, hold on. Played third base for the Oakland A's? Yes. Hold on. And it's oh. not a recent player. Um. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and me... think of me. Eric Chavez? Yes. Really? No. Five years. Uh, sorry. Six years, $66 million. No, that's the and, biggest contract they've ever given. Yep. And that was back in 2004. They are the Moneyball Kings. Yes. <laughs> Billy I, Bean, you old, you old joker, you. <laughs> all right. The Cardinals, a very uh, historic and storied franchise. What's their biggest contract? Uh, Mark McGuire? Nope. Recent no. player. Oh, oh. Um, was it, was it, was it Nolan Arenado? No, because he remember he Hold signed on. with a different team. Shoot. Hold on. Okay, give me is it a position or a pitcher? He's a very golden player. Yadier Molina? No. Golden. Think of player. the name. Think of the name. Golden. He's a golden player. Plays for the Cardinals. Yes. Goldschmidt. Paul yes. Goldschmidt. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like one of my seventh graders. <laughs> uh. That's fine. That's why I want to do blind reaction here. So five years. Uh, the text, hey, what was the turning point of the text revolution? I don't know. It starts with an A. Uh, A-L. Uh, Al, uh, Alamo. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I'm doing right now. All right. The Mariners. The Mariners. The biggest contract. Ooh. Um, gosh. He's uh, their elder statesman. I don't, he's not there anymore. Oh, um, oh, oh. You're talking about um, um, the pitcher. The pitcher. No. Uh, oh, you're talking about King Griffey Jr.? Felix nope. Hernandez? Nope. No? Elder, was, okay, you said he's their elder statesman. Yeah, he was there for a while, and he, he plays the infield. He plays the same position Jose Altuve does. Oh, my God. <laughs> Seager? No. I don't. Dude, I don't I don't know Mariners. Robinson Cano. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry seattle i'm not familiar with your players 10 years 240 million dollars i mean I'm, I'm familiar with robinson but i i don't whatever okay see i so, see this is why see hey just it's, just this is fun this is fun just a disclaimer here i i was i i was a little afraid going into this blindly so um so okay. please give me a reprieve here the yankees the yankees oh my god what a 
that was a jerk move. Um, God, they've, they've signed everybody <laughs> to massive deals. It's got to be Garrett Cole. Yes. Garrett okay. Cole, nine years, three hundred twenty-four million. But I mean, with Garrett Cole out of there, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be Stanton? Jean-Claude um, Stanton? maybe. But yeah. uh, speaking of which, uh, which one was the Marlins' highest paid salary? The Marlins' highest paid salary? Oh my yes. gosh! Are just they? I just said it. Yeah. Oh, Stanton. Oh, oh, Mike. Yeah. Oh, Mike Stanton. Yeah. But he that was, was in uh, 2014. So uh, he's right. technically, I believe, still under the Marlins contract. Yes. So um, anyway, so let's go on to uh, the White Sox. And he's a current player. He signed in 2019. Oh, oh that's easy. Abreu. No. he's No? No, he was a free agent. He played for the Dodgers before playing with the uh, White Sox. He played against us in the uh, World Series. Yasmani yeah. Grandal. Oh, really? Wait, four years, seventy-three million. No, that—that's their biggest. Yep. You, you, okay, folks. Do you see why I didn't get that? Yasmani Grandal is like that's 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 crazy. Sorry, I, I guess that, I that's why that. I wanted to do this. This is so surprising. Some of this is yeah. so super surprising. Uh, the Pirates. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the uh, he, he's a catcher. You know this guy. He's the only catcher you'll probably ever know from the the giant the Pirates. He signed this deal, and everybody's listening is probably like, "It's this guy! It's this guy!" Uh, he signed this deal in uh, 2000. It was a, a six-year deal. It's uh, Jason Kindle. <laughs> I don't, dude. I, dude. I collected <laughs> baseball cards back then. I don't even remember Jason Kendall being. He was. He no. Hold on. Between now and even even then and now, he's the high biggest contract they've yep. ever signed. The Pirates are. Uh, they are the biggest pinch, uh, penny pitchers. And okay, Pirates I, that, fans, that, uh, hold no. on. E- Ethan, if 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 Ethan from Locked On Pirates ever listens to this episode, I I just want to say. I have mad respect for you. I get your frustration now. Like, it makes sense. I'm going to go straight to the DM for the Locked On host after this show, and I'm going to I'm gonna tell Ethan that I, I genuinely feel bad for him. Like, I didn't realize they were that cheap. Okay. All right, the Royals, speaking of cheapies. The Royals. Oh, God. I don't he's know. a current player, and he's been around forever. Is it? Is it Whit Merrifield? No. Oh, Sa- Salvador Perez. Yes. Okay. Uh, his big, the biggest deal in franchise history is four years, eighty-two million dollars. Well, you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, stuff in Kansas City. I mean, you know, okay. not a whole lot of resources. And for the grand finale, until Carlos Correa signs with them, the Tigers. I'm the joking Tigers. with that, but uh, <laughs> I was like, what? I think we say the Astros. Oh, I guess we need to do the Cubs next too. Um, but uh, the Man, Miguel Cabrera, eight years, two hundred forty-eight million. You didn't even give me a chance. Okay, you didn't give me a chance to answer. Okay, well, what about the Cubs then? Oh, <laughs> of course you give me the Cubs. Like who? He played for the outfield. He used to play for the um, Braves before that. 
He was supposed Jason, to be the, Jason Hayward. Yes, he was supposed okay, to be the super okay. stud, but okay. he signed eight years, one hundred eighty-four million dollars. That's right. That was a huge contract. Yeah, dude, he cashed in, didn't he? Now Man. will Carlos Correa break that contract? You know, Eric. <laughs> let's let's just talk about this for like thirty seconds, okay? I don't think I would be mad at Carlos Correa for going to Chicago, okay? But here's the thing. I just don't see why you wouldn't do what you can do to re-sign with the Astros to keep winning because your brothers are on this team, man. You don't have any connection to the Cubs. You don't have any connection to Chicago. Forget that place. Yeah, give me a high five, Carlos. No, he's listening to you. Oh, yeah, he's listening. So, Carlos, listen. Stay in Houston. Take the hometown discount. It's okay. It's all money. Guess what happens? He who dies with the most toys just dies. You don't win anything for it. So you can't take it with you. So just enjoy what you have, man. Raise Kylo in Houston. Kylo needs to play select ball in Houston. He needs to go to a Houston. I mean, think about it. Carlos Correa's son, Houston area high school player of the year. I mean, it sounds great, right? Right? I mean, come on. I'm, I'm trying to sell him on this. All right, one team that I think is never going to do a long-term deal again is the Baltimore Orioles after <laughs> signing Chris Davis to the seven-year, $161 million deal. They regretted wow. that, like, oh, season two. They're like, um, yeah, he's this like, guy's supposed to be good. <laughs> he's like he's like super Joey Gallo. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so I hope you all enjoyed this episode. That's all we got for this edition of the Lockdown Astros podcast. Keep on listening to us. Keep on making us your first listen. And uh, if you got anything you want us to talk about, just go and shoot us a uh, tweet, a message on Facebook or on Instagram. Just let us know what you want us to discuss over the offseason. And go Strohs, and we'll be back again tomorrow.